Good morning, friends. I want to say welcome to Vernonia Church and our online teaching time. My name is Sam Huff, and I'm the pastor at Vernonia Church, and I'm so glad that you've joined me, that we're going to have a chance to dive into today's teaching together. In just a few moments, I'm going to share with you a teaching uh, where we're going to continue our series talking about uh, confronting the fool in me. And this morning, we're going to talk about when I only take the fun way. And it's going to be a great day. Hey, before we do anything, I want to encourage you to hit like, hit subscribe. Uh, I want to encourage you to leave a um, uh, leave a review, uh, click a thumbs up, do all that stuff that, uh, that we do to help the content that we want to support grow. And uh, I want to encourage you, make sure that you share these messages with someone. If you found it helpful for you, share it with someone that you think it will be a blessing to as well. Well, let's go ahead and pray. Uh, let's pray to this, uh, this God who loves us, this God who promises to share with us his wisdom. Let's pray to this God who in his wisdom provided for us salvation on a cross through Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we come before you knowing that there are times and places where we choose the fun way rather than the wise way. God, we all have chosen to to do whatever we wanted, regardless of what you wanted. And I pray, God, that you will bless this time as we dive into this teaching. Will you teach us? Will you encourage us? And God, will you draw us closer to your wisdom in our lives? And God, I just pray you'll be with us here as we dive into this teaching together. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, Amen. Well, we want to dive in. We want to talk about when I only take the fun way. We've been in this series where we're talking about wisdom and folly, and we're getting to know folly so that we can see the opposite, the other side of it, so that we could see wisdom. The Bible will talk a lot about folly and fools, and there are different kinds of fools talked about in the Bible, and one of them is when I only take the fun way. I came across a, a little history about this little critter. Well, not so little. It was a little bird about the size of a turkey, a little bit bigger than a turkey. When Portuguese sailors landed on an island off the coast of Madagascar, they discovered a, a, this, this large bird that was incredibly dumb. It, it kind of gained a, a reputation for being dumb and, and foolish. This bird was large than a turkey, had blue-gray feathers, it had a, a really large head and a really small beak, and its wings were useless. It couldn't fly. Uh, it, it nested on the ground, and it had no fear of predators. And many account that to the idea that there were no actual predators on that island. And so when people came and when other predators showed up, this bird had had no sense of, of protection, had no sense of fear, and the bird uh, was even known to walk right up to hunters who would then club the bird and, and harvest it so that they could eat it. Uh, and because it was so easy to hunt, this bird went extinct uh, 
largely due to overhunting in the 1600s. And the bird was appropriately named, and I don't know if the name came first or or if the if the word was used this way after or because of the bird and its name, but its name was the dodo bird. Well, the the fool we're going to talk about today, the Funway Fool, will be a lot like the famous or infamous dodo bird. Like the dodo, it doesn't give much thought to its actions. It doesn't have a healthy fear of God or consequences, uh, and it will continue down a, a cycle of making bad decisions because it felt like it or or the 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 fun way fool will just do whatever he feels and and finds himself in a bad way just like the dodo bird well in this series we've talked about uh, some different fools and we are working towards covering five different fools this is the third message in a series of five and already we've talked about the easy way fool and there's a word in the Hebrew a word family for folly that that refers to a kind of folly and foolishness that amounts to the easy way folly. And the easy way is where you cut corners, where you're willing to lie or you're willing to use deception to take an easy way towards your goals rather than the more difficult way or whether, rather than the wise way or the good way or the right way, uh, you'll take the easy way. And so that's one of the follies that the Bible will talk about. And then it will talk about uh, the, the my way fool. And, and the my way fool is the fool who's going to demand their way. My will be done is the motto of the my way. And this morning as we talk about the, the fun way fool, I don't want you to mistake I'm calling it the fun way fool but it's not just about a person deciding to only do fun things what it's really about is a person deciding to do whatever they feel in the moment he, he will do things because he feels like doing them and and he his motto will be I'll do what I feel like doing now the uh, what we will find is that Every foolishness we've talked about will get progressively more destructive to our lives. Uh, the easy way fool is the most common fool we find in the world. The world is filled with easy way fools looking for the magic bullet and the magic answer to success, money, wealth, power, and life. And the world is filled with my or easy way fools. And, and the easy way fool can cause some trouble, but usually... Uh, is not too destructive or overly destructive on people's lives. And then you have the my way fool, and the my way fool will be the second most common fool we'll find. And they can be a little more destructive, but uh, still not very destructive or not totally destructive on the people around them. Well, today, as we come into the fun way fool, we're going to find that the fun way fool will become a little more destructive 
negative to their own selves, to their own lives, to the people around them. And, and then next week, as we go into the other fools, the last two will be a lot more destructive. Uh, but today we're diving in and, and we're looking at this my way fool. And one of the things that will characterize this, or sorry, the, the fun way fool, one of the things that will characterize the fun way fool is, is often they will just go for what they want with blind desire. Uh, they, will, they will have a goal, a desire, a dream. They'll get a whim and they will boldly march forward regardless of the consequences, willing to just willy-nilly disregard consequences. Even if they see them coming, even if they know they're coming, they will take foolish steps towards what they want because they want it. They feel like they ought to have it in the moment that's what they want to do. So they make some bad choices. They get what what they want, and often once they get what they want, it's time to pay the piper, and they realize that the consequences, uh, even though they disregarded them as they walked towards the hunter, they were the dodo walking towards the hunter, even though they disregarded them, often they will find that the consequences were even heavier and, and harder than they could have imagined. And this kind of folly is extremely costly, much more than the first two. At worst, this is often the folly of, of street people and, and homeless people and, and destitute people. And, and even worse, much of the time, this is one of the follies of people who find themselves in prison or in jail. And, and the truth is, though, that this is a folly that all of us at one way or at one time or another in one way or another might be tempted to fall into. And even if we fall into it once, we will find ourselves paying dearly for it. Often, uh, when I think of this fool, I, I, I think of people when they're in their 40s. It's almost, it's almost too common. It's almost so common uh, for people in their 40s to do things that, that no one else understands. No one else uh, can can comprehend why they did what they did, but they got a whim, they got a desire, they went after it because they had to have it, and uh, they had that midlife crisis, they had that that moment of insanity, and then they'll have to find that they're going to pay for it dearly as they as they go down the road of life. And so this is a foolishness. I think all of us are tempted to 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 fall into and when we do this foolishness could be described as being up a creek without a paddle you may have heard that that uh, that that saying right being up a creek without a paddle and that's really what ends up happening is the my way fool looks at the my way or sorry the fun way fool looks at the fun way creek thinks about something he wants blindly goes up the creek and and then finds that the consequences are losing paddles that the consequences are getting in a bad place and, and they find themselves up a creek without a paddle. They find themselves in a place where the consequences are so heavy that uh, they have no other choice. And so the, the my way foolishness, or sorry, the I'm going to have a tr tr troubled with this today, it seems like the fun way foolishness is, is something that can cost 
very dearly. Even if we don't live in fun way foolishness uh, and we just dabble in it a little bit, we'll find that there there is a cost. We will be up a creek without a paddle. When Jesus told the story in Luke chapter 15 of a father who had two sons and one of the sons asked for his inheritance early, uh, then his son went and lived wildly. When, when Jesus described that son, he was describing a young man who was who was pursuing fun way foolishness in Luke 15:13 it says a few days later the younger son packed all his belongings moved to a distant land uh, and there he wasted all his money in wild living. And that was the fun way foolishness. And, and when the Bible describes King David, who is king over all of Israel, the kingdom of Israel at its glory, it, it describes how King David fell with Bathsheba and, and he committed adultery. And in that moment, he also, it also led to him with a conspiracy of cover up and murder. And ultimately, we saw King David repent of what he had done, but he will pay for it dearly when he does. And in describing that situation, it's all about a, a, a fun way foolishness that's happening in that story. And, and so we want to be careful as we talk about wisdom and folly, we want to be careful to recognize when fun way foolishness is starting to show its head in our life. And so what are some of the ways that we can recognize fun way foolishness? Oh, well, I'm just going to lead you through some, some thoughts or ways that we can recognize it. And, and the first one is this, when I uh, uh, when others tell me I'm making poor decisions, if other people in my life and my friends and, and people of wisdom or other Christian friends or my pastor or, or, or whoever it is, if they're telling me I'm making poor decisions, then most likely I'm making poor decisions. And a lot of times, because fun way foolishness is all about blind desire, I'm going to be blind to my poor decisions, but the people around me are going to see it easily. In Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 3, it says this, you can identify fun way fools, or it just says fools, but because there's different words described that are translated fool, uh, we're just clarifying here. You can identify fun way fools just by the way they walk down the street. Uh, this foolishness is easily seen in the lives of others. We see it easily, and, and, and when other people see us living in it, we'll get a reputation for it. It will, it will be, it will be, there will be some things that we're going to do that are going to become definitions of who we are. People are going to look at us and define us by that big glaring mistake we made or by that big glaring foolishness we, we, we went ahead and, and, and did and accomplished or, or pursued because we blindly had a desire and we saw dire consequences, but we ignored what was coming and we moved forward. And so people will see it easily in us. Our parents, our friends, our family, our co-workers and church members, our pastors and, and other people in our life are going to see that we've been making um, 
we've been making fun way foolish desire uh, decisions and and following fun way foolish desires and they will clearly see that the choices we are making are poor choices and so they'll warn us and they'll tell us and they'll let us know and they'll say hey there's a <laughs> the the bridge is out up ahead you know you you need to to not go forward and we ignore the warning signs because somehow in our minds we have convinced ourselves that the cost of our foolishness is worth getting what we want have you ever done that to yourself you've convinced yourself that the cost of doing something foolish was worth getting what you wanted uh, sometimes it can be so bad that that our parents might even begin to rethink our inheritance in ecclesiastes 2:19 it says who knows whether the child inheriting what we're leaving them whether he will be wise a wise man or a fool and yet he will have control over all the work which I have poured my effort and skill under the sun. This is meaningless. And your parents, they're worried about your decisions. And the people who love you are worried about your decisions. And your friends are, are concerned about your decisions. And, and there may be a level, if that's true, of my way foolish, or fun way foolishness at work. You know, there's a story from the life of David it's a, st a tough story to understand. It's in the book of First Chronicles. You see, David he he did he did have his David and Bathsheba moment, but that same king had some other moments where God had to teach him some tough lessons. He was a man after God's own heart. In the end, he he was a man who pursued God and served God early on in his life, and he he fought battles and wars valiantly with incredible faith. But David still had his his moments and some of them were very big moments. And one of the moments he had that we don't often look at because the David and Bathsheba story is such a, a big moment, it's easy to see, but there is a specific moment where David was getting incredibly greedy and he was he was starting to lose some of his uh, faith, some of his faithfulness to God. He was going to do something God told him not to do. And it seems he decided... Uh, that God's blessing and his reign and his rule wasn't enough. And so he decides to make expansion plans. And those expansion plans start with commands that he gives to his military to prepare for it. His advisors kind of got a hint of what he was doing. And they were good friends and good advisors and said, don't do this. Uh, Satan is behind this, they even told him. Uh, don't do this. It's going to... Uh, upset God and God's going to withdraw his uh, his blessing and in the scriptures in the story it says Satan rose up against him and incited David and so David uh, rather than following God begins to do uh, the things that Satan's sort of uh, leaving a trail for him to follow and so uh, David begins to go with that and his military advisors said God is that's going to bring guilt on all of us and God is going to hold us accountable for for it and there will be punishment not only on you David but on the whole nation and his military commanders didn't even follow through with everything David was asking them to do because it says they were repulsed by his commands 
But David wanted what he wanted so bad, and David would not be turned around by anyone. And so, in fun way foolishness, he plowed forward. He gave the commands anyways, and and and, and the command specifically was to conduct a uh, was to conduct a. Uh, a survey of all of his armies and all of his nation, uh, a census, not a survey. Uh, he, he was to try to get a census taken to prepare for all this expansion. And in First Chronicles 21.7, it says the command was evil in the sight of God, and so God punished Israel. Well, once David found himself up a dodo creek without a paddle, uh, he repented. And and it is possible to repent of fun way foolishness, but repenting of the fun way foolishness is going to take some hard work. It's, it's going to take some some getting really serious and digging in with God. And in First Chronicles 21.8, it says, Then David said to God, I have uh, sinned greatly by doing this, and now I beg you, take away the guilt of your servant. Uh, I have done a very foolish thing. Well, God was going to forgive him, but he wasn't going to let him off the hook. David was still going to pay a price for his foolishness. And David uh, and the whole, the whole country, the whole kingdom was going to pay a price for his foolishness. And so God gives him a choice of three options. And the three options were, well, you can have three years of famine in the land as your punishment, or you can have three months of being on the losing side of a war with your enemies, or you can have three days where you face the sword of the Lord himself. Well, David chose the three days, and it's a wild story. You can read about it in First Chronicles chapter 21, but the point of the story is that the price is almost always greater than you think, even though you know there's a big price and you say, well, I, I, I can handle that. It's always going to be larger. It's always going to be more painful. It's always going to be more costly than you think. And the story was clearly the story of someone who set their heart on getting what they wanted. They wanted to pursue the fun way foolishness regardless of the cost. And, and in the end, they paid an, an incredibly heavy price. Well, have you ever found yourself paying a heavy price for getting what you wanted, even when others tried to warn you? No matter what they said, you wouldn't listen. You, you found your choice burned a relationship and cost you friendships, but you were, you were willing to, to go forward anyways. You found that your choice dramatically reduced your lifestyle. Uh, but you decided to go forward anyway. So you found that your choice hurt your career and hurt your future, but you were willing to go forward anyways. You, you found that your choice was going to affect generations that come after you, and, and they were going to affect your kids and affect your grandkids, and they were very destructive, but you wanted what you wanted, so you were going to go forward anyways. Well, here's the thing. You can know that maybe my way foolishness is cropping up when everybody around you is telling you you're making 
poor choices. Number two, when you tend to act impulsively, uh, not only are people warning you you're making bad choices, but you impulsively act. You, you decide to go with and go where you want, whenever you want. You get a feeling and you get a desire and you got to go after it. Uh, you get something impulsively in your mind and in your heart and all of a sudden you zero in on it and you have to get it. Uh, calling this the fun way, fools, a bit misleading, like I said, because fun isn't necessarily the only thing this fool wants. It can be anything he wants to gratify himself right now. He has an impulse or a blind desire for something and goes after it. He wants money. He wants sex. He wants drugs. He wants rest. He wants revenge. He has the impulse and he locks in on that thing he's after and he won't rest until he gets it. And so you impulsively want to buy something and it puts you in debt, but you don't care and you go ahead and get it. And you impulsively want to leave work or your job uh, and, uh, and have a good time. And you know it puts your career at risk, but you do it anyways. And you impulsively want to have a fling, uh, even though you're married, and you go ahead with it anyways, regardless of the, uh, of the consequences. And you impulsively impulsively want to drink and it starts a pattern and you impulsively want to deaden your senses with drugs and it starts down a road of hardship and you impulsively choose to do this or choose to do that and you lock in on the thing you want and you won't rest until you get it and it seems that just about all of your major decisions and life decisions that you have made have been made impulsively and they've been impulsive decisions some people People, they brag about how impulsive they are and and they think that uh, throwing caution to the wind and the way that they live and get what they wanted it makes them hip it makes them modern it makes them exciting well there's nothing hip modern or exciting about it it's been something people have been doing for ages and ages and ages and and it's really just the fun way fool showing itself and it's easy to recognize in others but hard to recognize in ourselves because there's something of a blind desire involved in it uh, n number three when i constantly duck responsibilities uh, for a good time I constantly duck my responsibilities for what I want. The, the fun way will show itself and, and it gets harder and harder to see its, uh, our responsibilities because we're so honed in on that, that thing that we just have to accomplish or have to have. We start to lose sight of what's really important in life. I recently read about a man who was driving through a mining region and he noticed that there were all kinds of mules out in an open field. He asked about those mules and he was told that those mules were out there because they were work animals from down in the mines and, and they were brought up out of the mines to preserve their eyesight. Unless they were regularly exposed to the sunlight, they would eventually go blind. Well, the same can be true for the fun way fool. If the fun way fool 
is always living in his fun way folly, he sort of gets more and more blind to responsibilities to the important things around them and gets more and more blind to his own foolishness. If we stay in the tunnels of gratifying our impulses, it'll get harder and harder to recognize responsibility and the importance of sacrifice occasionally. And so the longer we live in that foolishness, the harder it is to even see we're in it. And often the ducking is not just ducking of responsibilities, it's ducking of reality. The my way fool usually becomes intentionally blind to the consequences and actions of their decisions they're making. They even skew their own reality uh, so that they can go about doing what they're doing. Often they'll uh, talk a lot about how there will be a better future, but right now I, I just need to do what I want to do. There, there will be a better future. And, and in Ecclesiastes 10.14, it says this, that a fool will multiply words and no one knows what's coming. Who can tell him what will happen after him? In other words, that fool is just going to talk about all the things that they're going to do. They're going to talk about and multiply their words to try to cover up their folly. But who knows? They, they, who knows what's really happening? Most likely, they're just ducking responsibility. Well, number four, when I live a polluted lifestyle. Usually, fun way folly comes with a lot of pollution in our life. The word for that pollution is the biblical word depravity. It means to live in a way that's chock full of sinful things. Uh, we all have sin in our lives. There, there's no question that all of us have moments, have things we need to repent of almost every day. Uh, but when it comes to the fun way foolishness, the fun way fool is often living chock full of glaring sins, uh, of, of glaring and uh, uh, depravity. One man calls it living in a way that's pregnant with sin. There's it's full of impurity, full of obvious addictions, uh, full of a sinful lifestyle. It's polluted life, not, not just here and there, but everywhere. It's unapologetically polluted with sin. Uh, C.S. Lewis says that there are no clever arrangements of bad eggs that will make a good omelet. <laughs> and, and sort of uh, sort of the, the life of, of of the my or the fun way fool will be will be just filled with bad eggs that are trying to be put in different uh, different arrangements to make a good omelet. But no matter how you arrange or excuse the bad eggs of this person's uh, sin, you still end up with someone living in what the Bible will call depravity. Uh, most of the time, the favorite sins of the fun way fool will be uh, sins with an appetite. Uh, they will be sins like lust and various forms of sexual immorality and adultery. And, and then there will be sins of gluttony and sins of, of drunkenness, and usually those comes with come with with their propensity to ignore the consequences. It will come with stubbornness and irresponsibility and denial and lying and betrayal and and a lot of time. Uh, it, it wasn't that you necessarily planned to sin. It's just that you found yourself in the moment. You found yourself in the moment, locking on and looking at opportunity. And that's fun way 
foolishness. In Jeremiah chapter 5, verse 21 to 25, the prophet warns people who are giving into the fun way, and he said this, Listen, you foolish and senseless people with eyes that do not see and ears that do not hear. In other words, you're intentionally blinding yourself and deafing yourself uh, to the truth. You have no respect for me. Why don't you tremble in my presence? I, the Lord, defined the ocean's shoreline as an everlasting boundary that water cannot cross. The waves may toss and roar, but they can never pass the boundaries I set. But my people have stubborn and rebellious hearts, and they have turned away and abandoned me. They do not say from the heart, let us live in awe of the Lord our God, for he gives us rain each spring and fall, assuring us of a harvest when the time is right. Your wickedness has deprived you of these wonderful blessings. Your sin has robbed you of all these good things. And that's the tragedy of the fun way fool, uh, that, that their sin robs them of wonderful things. And that's why people tend to have so much pity for those who are stuck in the fun way. Uh, that, that It's clearly robbing them of so many good things. It robs them of potential and robs them of their future. It robs them of their families and relationships and their happiness, and it robs them. I met Joe years ago at Mountain View Christian Camp in the, in, in the foothills of the southern tier of New York, and, and Joe told me about his incredible love for fishing, and love for hunting and love for all things outdoors and and, and lo Joe loved to fish for the the lakes uh, for musky and pike and walleye and salmon and and, and Joe loved to hunt he, he loved hunting ducks especially and he was extremely addicted to duck hunting and and he loved to hunt deer and turkey too but almost every chance Joe got he was out there having fun in the great outdoors. Almost all his money he spent on his hobby. He lived in Syracuse, New York, had a beautiful wife and two young girls at the time. He had a beautiful home and, and lived out in a suburb of Syracuse. And He had boats and he had campers and he had all the good toys. And, and Joe told me how he almost lost his home, his family, his job. He almost lost everything because he loved having fun more than his responsibilities in life. He was neglecting his finances, and so his finances were going uh, all, all crazy. He, he was neglecting his wife, and so his, his marriage was going downhill. He was neglecting his 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 daughters and so everything was falling apart and rather than spending time with his family investing in his wife and kids he was always out having a good time he would even leave work sometimes just on a whim because well it was nice out and he wanted to go get some fishing or hunting in and he would skip important days and and he would he was having all kinds of good times but he wasn't living wisely and uh, and well he almost lost 
everything. Luckily, or I should say wisely, he turned things around in time. He took threats of divorce seriously. He took threats of termination from his job seriously. And, and he went through a ton of counseling and realized he was living a life of incredibly uh, unwise choices. And he made his family, or sorry, he and his family started spending more time together. They started going to church together. They, they started making time for family time. And, and when I met Joe, he had recently given his life to the Lord and he even started volunteering at his church and volunteering at that camp to cook. And by the time I met him, Joe was a recovering dodo. And, and, and so, so what do I do when I'm a dodo or when I've made dodo-like choices? Well, here's some of the things I should do. Number one, I, I should start counting my fun way decisions. You know what? If I start keeping track of my fun way decisions, what I'm going to find is that that I'm been I've been blind to more decisions than I realize. Most of the time, fun way foolishness comes with this blindness to it, and and we may be living the fun way without even realizing we're living the fun way. Uh, we might say, well, I made one or two decisions like that, but I don't make all my decisions like that. That's not me. Uh, but if we start counting, if we start keeping track, we write those decisions down that we made whimsically or because we just felt like it in the moment. Uh, it, it's hard to deal with a problem we won't admit we have. And often, like an alcoholic, the fun which the fun way is actually the way of an alcoholic, but like an alcoholic, we need to come to a place where we admit what what our problem is. And taking a piece of paper, writing down all those times you chose the fun way, it'll, uh, keeping a little notebook in your pocket and, and just writing them down every time you're tempted to duck a responsibility or make an impulsive decision or ignore uh, the consequences, whether something's right or wrong, good or bad, or even wise or not wise. Uh, and, and I was willing to ignore the cost and go forward. If I just write that down, I will find I probably make Making more of those decisions than I want to admit. Making one big fun way decision, by the way, doesn't make you a fun way fool. But often, when you make one big fun way decision, it will lead to two. And often, that two will lead to three. And we will find ourselves quickly going down the blind, si blind slide of a fun way lifestyle pretty quick. And so the only way to turn this around is to stop being blind to it, to admit to it. And, and here's the thing, of, of all the fools we've covered so far, this one can be the most costly to you uh, and me. This one can be the most costly to our lives. This one is the farthest away from wisdom yet, and it means once we realize we're in the fun way, we often have, uh, we often have trouble on our hands, bit more trouble than we thought we would. And so we start 
counting our fun way decisions. And number two, we start getting down to business with God. We got to get down to serious business with God when we find ourselves in the fun way. Uh, serious business and acknowledging him. You know, he, he said to the people of Israel, why don't you acknowledge me? Why don't you pay attention to me? There's probably something about God and the consequences that you've been blindly ignoring. And so acknowledge him. Acknowledge his lordship. Acknowledge his sovereignty. Acknowledge his glory. Acknowledge his holiness. Acknowledge his authority. Acknowledge his judgment. Acknowledge his grace. In Jeremiah 5, he says to the people, why don't you tremble in my presence? Even the water of the ocean, which is more powerful than you, obeys me. And yet you blindly ignore the truth of who I am. In Proverbs 1, 7, it says, fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge. In Proverbs 9.10, it says, fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One results in good judgment. And so we get down to some real hard work with God. And, and, and in getting down to that hard work with God, we, we ask him for wisdom in dealing with our problem, with our situation. We ask him for wisdom to turn this thing around. In James 1, 5, it says, if you need his wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. In Psalm 19, 7, it says, the instructions of the Lord are perfect, reviving the soul and the decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. And so get down to some hard work with God, acknowledge him, ask him for wisdom. And number three, confess your foolishness. David began his doing the hard work with God when God called him out on his foolishness by saying, God, forgive me. I've been foolish. I've made foolish decisions. Confess your foolishness to him. Once you acknowledge him, you've sought his wisdom. Do a deep, honest inventory of your life and your mistakes and confess them to him. In Proverbs 28, 13, it says, he who conceals his sin does not prosper, but whoever confesses and renounces them finds mercy. And so we, we confess. And you know, confessing has so many good effects that will help us. Uh, confessing has amazing effects on us when we are dealing especially with fun way foolishness. Well, confession helps us heal. It'll help us get the poison of our foolishness out of us. There's something about holding on to our sins and kind of hiding them that, that is like a poison to our souls and, and confessing them, saying I'm out loud to God or, or confessing them to a friend or a confidant or, or someone helps get that poison out. And, and so confession helps heal us and it helps us also define reality. Uh, confessing helps us humble ourselves before God. It helps us admit we need his help. It helps us confront our foolishness. It, it helps drive our pride out. It helps drive out intentional blindness. It helps uh, reveal unintentional blind spots. And, and also that we can deal with our issues and define reality, not as we want it to be, which is what my way foolishness is, but as it is, it helps us deal with reality. 
humility and confessing helps us enable God's mercy in our life. It's like it unlocks God's forgiveness and mercy on us. God is this incredibly compassionate and gracious and merciful God, but he reserves his mercy and his help for those who want it and ask for it, and only those who admit their need for it will want it. And so only those who confess their sins to him, who confess their foolishness and their folly to him, will put themselves into a place to receive his mercy and admit their need. And it enables repentance when I confess. The, the biblical word for repentance, uh, repentance simply means to turn around and take a new road and, and to turn from sin and take a path towards God. And so if I turn from foolishness and take a new road towards wisdom, confessing to Jesus is going to help me go down that path. And, and it also enables encouragement. Uh, biblical confession starts between you and God, between you and Jesus, but often it helps to involve another person in that confession. It doesn't have to be a priest or a pastor. It can be, uh, but, but it can also be a trusted Christian friend or a confidant, a spouse or a counselor. It could be in the context of a support group like AA or NA, or it might be a fellow believer who, who prays for you and will help help you and uh, and really it just confessing to others about where you're at it helps others encourage you in James 5:16 it says this confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed a prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective and so we confess we confess to God we confess to others and number four we start down this road of wise choices instead of making poor choices we start making some wise choices maybe even little by little we we want to have little victories and make good choices sometimes that road will look like you're not doing what you feel like doing um, sometimes on that road you will feel like doing one thing but then in the moment you you don't feel like doing the right thing and and that's where you know you're going to make the right choice because you're going to choose to do sometimes what you don't want to do uh, you don't want to do it in the moment but you're going to do it anyways and sometimes that road will look like stopping yourself when you want to do something uh, and and you you get this desire to do something but you don't do it because you're learning self-control. Sometimes that road will look like doing what you don't want to do or don't feel like doing in the moment, depending on how long you've been living the my way or the foolish, the fun way life. Depending on how long you've been living the fun way life, it's going to be more and more unnatural and more difficult for you to choose the wise way of living. But you're going to choose it and you're going to choose sometimes to do the painful thing, the right thing, the difficult thing, the, the thing you don't feel like doing. It, it might not be someone something you like doing. It's probably going to be hard. It's probably going to take what the Bible calls self-control, uh, but the road to godly wisdom is going to take something difficult for you because you have been living in a way that's very far from God's wisdom. It's going to take hard work with God. Scripture will teach us that the result of doing hard work with God and following God and listening to his Holy Spirit will be 
more self-control in your life. And this is true repentance and the road to wisdom uh, is living with more self-control and doing what you don't want to do sometimes because it's the right thing and and not doing what you want to do sometimes because it's the right thing. That's self-control and that's repentance. And, and the next question we have is what do we do with a fun way fool in our life? All of us are going to have fun way fools in our life in one way, shape, or form. And, and, uh, and here's what we do with a fun way fool in our life. Often we have fun way fool and there are people who show up and and they want us to have mercy on them, and we want to pity them and have mercy on them because we feel bad for them. Their choices have led them to such a painful and hurtful place. We pity them, and, and we wish we could help them and take the, the, the choices they've made away from them and change things around, but often when we try to help them, they'll burn us. And so what do we do? Uh, well, with a my way or with a fun way fool, here's what we do. Number one, we pray for them. Uh, sometimes the best thing we can do is just pray for them and ask God and his holiness and his power and his wisdom to to be at work in their life and help them to turn around because God more than us is going to know the answers that they need and we realize that we can't do the hard work for them no matter how much we try to provide for them no matter how much we try to undo the pain that they're going to feel because of their choices there, there's just so much we can do that, that we have to realize that we can't do the hard work for them I know of a young man today who's living on the streets instead of at home. Uh, he was caught up in drug use and drug selling and he was given a choice to either go to jail or rehab. And, and he chose rehab and he checked himself out early because he didn't like the rules and the responsibilities of the rehab facility. Also, he wanted more drugs. And so his mother wouldn't take him because he didn't like her rules. And his father wouldn't take him because he didn't like his rules. And so his grandparents took him in. And they helped him find job after job. And they helped him get driver's licenses. And they helped him have some money. And they helped him uh, have a foothold in life until he got a DUI. And then... Uh, they decided they were done putting up with his fun way lifestyle and they'd had enough after three years he was finally told that it's time for him to go and rather than changing his ways he just fell farther and farther into the fun way of life and he refused uh, to go to homeless shelters because they have rules and responsibilities and today he roams the streets and yet if you talk to him he will tell you about the success that one day he's going to have and the that he's one day going to have where he wouldn't have to put up with other people's rules and ideas of responsibility and, and, and they won't apply to him and so he's still on the streets living in the fun way and his mom and his dad love him and they're hurt by his choices and his grandma and grandpa love him and they're hurt by his choices but there comes a point where a person needs to realize that they can't do the hard work for the fun way fool and in the wake of his fun way he have left people showing him pity and people who want to help him and people who care for him that are hurt and, and people who are left behind the wake of his choices feeling burned and, and he's burned his opportunities and he's burned his parents and he's burned his grandparents and and all of those who've tried to help him 
In his book, Folly and Fools, Harold Bullock uh, tells about a lawyer who wanted to help the down and out, and, and he had given his life to Christ, so he started looking for ways to help people. He went down to a local gospel mission uh, in his city, and he took on a man who was always there. He started to help uh, this down and out fella, and he, he over a short time, he helped him get sober. Over a short time, he helped him uh, get a job, and with his influence, the lawyer helped him find a really good paying job, actually. And and when this down-and-out fellow got his first paycheck, well, he cashed it. He bought some booze. He left town, left his job. He lived it up, only to begin my way foolish cycle again. And Harold Bullock writes this, that those who try to help the hurting my way fools usually find that they are dancing with dodos and he writes god can change the life of a my way fool but until the my way fool does genuine business with god the cycle rolls on and dancing with dodos is the name of the game and so we pray for them, and we realize we can't do the work for them. And so we pray some more for them, and we wait. That's all we can do. Like God who patiently waits for us to turn and to confess and to repent. Like God who looks at us and sees us, so many of us, walking away from him, pursuing blindly the desires of our heart, not realizing that if we would just take a hold of him, he will give us eternity and he will give us the blessings of, <coughs> of eternally being with him, not realizing that, well, the cost is so great. The cost is eternal, the cost of walking away from him, and the cost of not living with him, the cost of not acknowledging him uh, is so great, and we're so blinded to the truth of it. Yet he waits for us. He draws us in and waits for us to turn and to say, I'm done doing things for the fun way. God, I want to do things your way. Well, let's pray together and invite God to work in our hearts and work in our lives and to draw us to his way. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we do thank you for your grace. <clears throat> we thank you, God, that uh, even though many of us have chosen to follow the fun way in this life over your way, that God, you are a God full of mercy and pity and that you are a God who patiently waits for us to turn and to repent and to seek you. And when we do, God, uh, you willingly, you welcomingly receive us. And God, I pray that you will help us to uh, see where we have been blind. Help us to stop living like dodos in the world, but help us to live as wise children of God. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said together, amen. Well, I want to say thank you for joining me as we uh, went through that teaching today. Uh, 
excuse me, uh, I've been really enjoying going through this teaching on wisdom and folly, and uh, it's been kind of fun. It's been fun to uncover and unpack uh, the ideas of wisdom and folly in the scriptures, and so I hope that's been a blessing to you. I want to say thank you to those of you who've been supporting Vernonia Church, and you've been a part of supporting this online ministry. I want to uh, encourage you and say thank you for being a part of the work that we're doing. Some of you, maybe you've never supported what we're doing, but you'd like to. If you'd like to do that, you could do that at any time. You can go to www.vernonia.church, and there's a, a give tab there, and you can click that give tab, and you can set up online giving. Um, and uh, I want to just say thank you to those of you who are doing that, and I want to welcome any of you who want to be a part of that. You can always click on that uh, to do that. There is actually a link down below that you can hit that uh, will bring you there as well. So uh, that said, I want to ask you to join me in praying for Vernonia Church and the work that we're doing. Uh, let's pray together. Father in heaven, we do pray that you will bless Vernonia Church. We pray that you'll continue to teach us. We pray that you'll continue to mold us. Help us to know your will and see your will and pursue your will. And God, I pray that you will help us to pursue wisdom. Help us understand folly enough that, uh, that well, we, we turn away from it and we turn towards you. I pray, God, that you will continue to teach us and open our minds and hearts to your word. God, I do pray that you will also help us always keep an eye on our purpose. God, you brought us here to bring new people to Christ and to call people to repentance. You, you've called us to be a church that, that helps people uh, become a part of your kingdom and, and hear about your wisdom and, and, and learn how to repent of their folly. God, I do pray that you will use us as a church to accomplish the mission you've put us here to accomplish, to make disciples and students of yours, to make followers of you. And I just pray that you will use these messages to help people um, make, make better choices in their life. And it's in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I want to finish up today by inviting you to join me in declaring it's been a great day. On the count of three, we're going to yell it out. You're welcome to join me and do it too, wherever you're at. And so here we go. One, two, three. It's been a great day. I hope you have a great day and I will see you next Sunday.